I challenge you to fight me, except I'm not going to show up, and neither are you. Self-defense. Self-awareness. Self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. This is the aforementioned Phil Elmore, your host. And the Martial Arts Podcast is a production of philelmore.com and themartialist.net. Today, I thought we'd talk about challenge matches, because for as long as I have been involved in the martial arts and also in online communities, there have been people challenging other people to fight. Usually this is because one person is very, very angry at the other person for saying something that they thought was mean to them. The weirdest challenge match I've ever been challenged to was there was a guy named Mike Rupert who had a company called Renat, which I believe was, I think it stood for Reality Not Traditional Training. The acronym was as messed up as the uh, the term was uh, not poetic. <laughs> but Mike Rupert used to lurk around various martial arts forums that I participated in at the time. And, you know, back in the, the early aughties, forums were where it was at. That's where we did all our discussion at various internet bulletin boards. And Mr. Renat fancied himself, uh, Mr. Rupert, rather, of Renat, fancied himself quite the expert on... Uh, knife combatives, among many other things. And he had a video that I bought and watched. And while I was watching the video, somebody walked in the room and said, why is that man yelling at us? And and yeah, it was not what you would call a charismatic video. It was not a good video by any stretch. And a lot of the advice he offered was just flat wrong. For example, He said that, you know, when you're in a fight, you should put your back to a wall so that no one can sneak up behind you, completely and totally ignoring the mobility issues that that creates. Like, well, congratulations, you're now pinned against a wall, (laughs) stuff like that. He also, and, and I'm doing this from memory, so forgive me, Mike Rupert, wherever you are, if this is not correct, but he seemed to think that slashing was much more important than thrusting when it comes to knife combatives, and of course, that's just objectively wrong. And he was a huge aficionado of knife sharpening. And so when I challenged him on a forum about the many things he was saying that I just thought were flatly wrong, he got very, very angry and challenged me to a knife sharpening contest. Now, this is a lot like two race car drivers getting angry at each other and one of them challenging the other to a pit stop challenge where they change the tires on the car. It really doesn't get to the point of whatever it was they were arguing about. But that was the weirdest challenge I've ever received personally. Um, I got an email once from a guy who claimed to be part of a long tradition of Romani claw boxers. I believe that was a masterful troll. I'm sad that I no longer get email from the Romani claw boxer guy, but but whoever wrote that really created a beautiful piece of, of, of artwork. Through the years, anyone involved in martial arts has seen these challenge matches issued. A few of them have even happened. They don't happen often. They almost never happen. But every once in a while, they do. I remember seeing one that was videotaped by the folks over at Bushido, and it was some traditional martial arts guy and some young fellow who I think did Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And of course, you know how that story is going to end the second these two guys get in a ring together. The guy with the ground game is going to win. That's just a fact. And, and the young guy who did BJJ, he, he brought a cake so that he could celebrate his win, and he knew he was going to win. And the traditional guy, you know, it was, it was over almost immediately the second he got into some sort of arm lock position, you know, and he had to tap or he would have lost his, his, the use of his arm. Um, that's one of very few challenge matches I remember actually happening. 
most of the time people challenge you because they're mad and then somebody finds a reason to back out because these are people who don't want to fight. My policy on challenge matches has always been uh, that I'll accept them and then just not show up <laughs> because I think it's stupid. And at various times I've, I've issued, you know, I think because Ashita Kim had the $10,000 challenge, at one point I issued the $9,999 challenge where you had to pay me that amount and I got to choose the terms as the challenge party. So, you know, you'd be, I don't know, in a barrel at the bottom of the ocean and I'd be circling you in a, in a, a boat with a shotgun. Um, I realize that's absurd. It was meant to be absurd because challenge matches are stupid. Um, when two people are arguing about something and then they decide, well, the, the person who can fight the other one wins the argument, that's not how reason works. If we disagree about something, unless the topic of disagreement is whether you can beat me up or not, then you beating me up doesn't prove anything other than that you could beat me up. So there's too many people who fall back on, I challenge you to fight as a way of shutting down conversation, and most importantly, shutting down criticism. I don't like that that person is criticizing me, so I'm going to fight him. And and then, you know, the challenges get issued, and they, like I said, they almost never happen. Um, I have won a couple of challenge matches in my life by default, because I accepted a match and then the other party backed out. Um, I forget what my record is. I think it's like three, three and oh, three victories all by default. You know, they, they named that fight move the Kimura after the guy named Kimura. If they named a fight move after me, and, and you know, he won that match by an Elmore, that would mean he stayed home and ate donuts while the other guy didn't show up. Because that is legitimately how I've won multiple fights by default, by, by the other guy just not showing up. A famous ninja fraud from the 1980s once challenged me to fight him. And I told him, yes, certainly I will fight you. And I emailed him back and I told him that I wished us to fight with our left hands tied together uh, in a darkened room with Bowie knives of equal length. He did not realize that this is a historical reference. There was a Republican congressman named Bowie Knife Potter. He wasn't named Bowie Knife Potter until this happened, but he was accused by a Democrat named Pryor of inserting something into the congressional record. This was during the fiery debates in the run-up to the Civil War. This was all about uh, abolition. Uh, uh, Potter was an abolitionist, of course, because he was a Republican. Pryor was a Democrat who was pro-slavery. Um, so Pryor challenges Potter to a duel. And Potter said, fine, uh, I want us to fight with Bowie knives of equal length in a darkened room with our left hands tied together. And most people don't realize that duels usually weren't fatal. Setting conditions for a duel like this guaranteed that someone was going to die. So Pryor freaked out and backed out of the duel. And then their seconds almost got into a duel, if I remember the story correctly. Uh, and then... Bowie Knife Potter was known as Bowie Knife Potter for the rest of his life. His fellow Republicans showered him with gifts, including a big wooden Bowie knife on which was inscribed, I will always keep a prior engagement, where prior was spelled like the guy's name. Uh, and then later in his life, Bowie Knife Potter tripped on his cat and died. <laughs> I'm not making that up. That's how the story ends. I can only hope that my own story ends just as comically. Um, but really... When, when people challenge other people to duels, remember that it's almost always about shutting down criticism and conversation. It's usually not about, you know, wanting to engage in the honorable code duello and, and accomplish something of note. One of the more interesting challenge matches that happened a few years ago happened to a self-proclaimed ninja master named Ron Collins, um, about whom I once made the mistake of writing uh, an article and I normally don't mention people by name, but I'm going to mention Ron Collins by name because 
this is a matter of public record that the man spent several years in prison on a, on a firearms charge. Ron going to prison on that firearms charge was the direct result of a challenge match. But the challenge match itself was the direct result of another challenge that never happened. Uh, Ron Collins went to the seminar of one of his ardent enemies, somebody that Ron considered his enemy, because Ron, like many of these people, has an extensive enemies list. When given the chance to go out on the mats and fight this person that he hated so very much, he backed down, and there was videotape taken of this. Ron himself posted the video to YouTube, um, and then the reactions to the video were not what he expected. People roundly made fun of him for backing down from his own challenge. Uh, I think his courage failed him in the moment, and he couldn't bring himself to get out on the mat. So as sort of a, an attempt to rehabilitate his image and to recover from the humiliation of backing down the fight, from the fight, he engaged in a, a, just a downward spiral of bizarre public behavior. Uh, he drove to the state where this guy lived in an attempt to menace his family and threatened to burn the guy's house down. He was posting about this, almost like live tweeting, except he was posting on a forum, at a mixed martial arts forum about this whole thing. He eventually broke down several states away from his home, and a bunch of people at a forum I was in pooled their money and bought him a train ticket back home to get him out of that state because no good was going to come from him being wandering around there. Uh, because he was desperate to prove that he wasn't a coward from backing down from the previous fight challenge, he started menacing other people. He went down to Florida and, and hassled somebody down there who laughed him out of the room. He uh, eventually decided to... I don't know if he issued a blanket challenge. I don't remember. I didn't see the thread in question. But another fellow, a guy named Mike Pasesco, who goes by Icy Mike and who has a viral YouTube channel now, um, Pasesco agreed to fight him. And they fought in a Street Beefs backyard grudge match. Uh, Street Beefs is a, an organization. I guess you'd call it an organization. It's kind of loosely organized. Um, I actually interviewed the guy who runs Street Beefs and I wrote an article about this at the time. But uh, so... Ron goes to Street Beefs, and his fight with Pesesco was literally two punches. Pesesco punched him twice. The second time, he punched him in the liver, and Ron started making the sound that anyone makes when they get punched in the liver, which is sort of like, <sighs> and, you know, the fight was over. Uh, he never landed a punch. It was very clear that he had no training whatsoever. This was so humiliating, this challenge match that ended in just complete and utter defeat, that he did that thing that so many of these frauds and fakes do. He's, like so many of them, he's a manic depressive personality. He'll go through these cycles of mania where he does things like drive across the country to stalk and menace other people and their families. And then uh, he goes through a depressive cycle where he posted some mea culpa videos where he almost came right up to the edge of admitting that he was in the wrong. And then he had time to sort of build his mania back up and he started making excuses and you know the dog ate my homework the sun was in my eyes i was holding back i had to fight other imaginary people before i fought this match etc 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 but then because that still wasn't enough he went out and he bought a firearm uh, because the law had recently changed in his state to allow him to open carry and i think he was scared that after he has spent years on the internet trash talking and talking about what a what an incredible fighter he is and, you know, that he was a was a, a pit fighter and, you know, fought bare knuckle matches with other imaginary people. So I think he got scared and uh, was worried that, you know, maybe maybe now that he's been exposed as having no training at all, that things were going to go badly for him. 
So he went out to a gun store and he bought a gun. Here's the thing about Ron, though. In the course of his lengthy legal history, he at one point was committed involuntarily to a mental hospital. If you've ever purchased a firearm, you know that there's a question on the federal form that says, have you ever been adjudicated mental defective or been committed to a mental institution? Well, he answered no on the form. And that's a, a federal crime. That's a felony. You cannot lie on that form. Uh, and he was eventually arrested, uh, convicted. He assaulted his own lawyer during that process, <laughs> during some meeting they had. Uh, and so they tacked on uh, an enhancement, I believe they call it, to his sentence. And instead of doing about two years for that paperwork crime, uh, he was in jail or prison for a total of 60 months. He spent about a year in jail waiting for trial. There was a lot of delays and assaulting your lawyer occasions you to get a new lawyer. So he ended up uh, getting convicted and spending about an entire high school in a federal prison, a minimum security federal prison, where supposedly he would receive mental health treatment because the guy has serious mental health problems. And uh, then he got out and he immediately started posting again online, posting the same ridiculous stuff. He is now living in a halfway house as, as of the time of this recording. I believe he's scheduled to be released from that. And then I think he's on, I never remember if it's parole or probation. Is I think it's parole if you were in prison and now you're out, but it's probation if you never went and you're trying to stay out so you're being monitored before you go in or don't go in. I don't know. But anyway, he'll be on a short leash for a couple of years, and that's probably a good thing because the guy has some issues. But all of that, an entire felony conviction and an entire high school's worth of time spent in federal prison, was the result of a challenge match. I think challenge matches, personally, I think they're stupid because I think it's a no-win situation. The first thing you've got to do is figure out if you live in a state where it's okay to agree to fight somebody. Um, I, I can't remember the legal term for that. It's like mutual combat or something like that. Uh, you might live in a state where that's okay. You might not. Let's say, though, for the sake of argument, that you live somewhere that it's legal to get together and fight somebody, even if you really, really don't like them. I mean outside the confines of a sanctioned sporting event. If you then meet someone and fight them and someone gets seriously hurt, well, now we're in all kinds of civil lawsuit territory. And yes, you could say, well, everybody's going to sign a waiver. But the thing is, how legally binding are these waivers? I don't know anybody who's ever set up one of these impromptu challenge matches who actually also managed to properly sign a waiver so that nobody got sued after. However, I'm also not aware of anybody who actually went through with a challenge match who then sued the other party afterwards. I've never heard of that. I don't know if that happens. Most of the time, the running joke is when somebody challenges somebody else to fight on the internet, those two people are never going to fight. And when I accepted challenge matches that were offered to me, I knew that I wasn't going to go and they weren't going to go. I knew they would back out first. It's a game of sort of emotional chicken. But let's say uh, somebody challenges me to fight. They they really want to beat the crap out of Phil Elmore, and I don't blame them. I'm a jerk. Um, what would I do? I wouldn't go. Like, I don't have anything to prove to anybody. And if you're so mad at me that you want to fight me, my stock response is that I hold all of my challenge matches in Branson, Missouri. I have an agreement with the Chamber of Commerce in Branson, Missouri to do all my challenge matches there. So you, I'll give you a time and a date and an intersection where you can meet me in Branson, Missouri. And then you go there and then I won't be there. I'm not showing up. 
and you win. You can tell the world that Phil Elmore refused to accept your internet fight challenge. And personally, I think this is the approach that everyone should take when it comes to internet fight challenges because internet fight challenges are stupid. Unless the argument is, can I beat you up? There's no point in having it because you beating up somebody else because you disagreed about some point of martial arts doesn't prove that someone was right and someone was wrong. If I say, um, I think it was wrong of you to, to buy this black belt certificate and start handing out certificates to other people as if you've earned this position, when in fact we both know you didn't, and you get mad that I questioned your credentials and you challenged me to fight, you beating me up does not prove that you didn't fake your credentials. That's the whole point. I know, especially when it comes to the topic of, uh, often these fight challenges arise out of topics of, of either you've been accused of being a fraud, or sometimes it's about, well, your martial arts sucks. There's a lot of people who have a lot of things to say about other people's martial arts. And we all know there have been very public matches where it doesn't go well for certain systems. Like anytime a boxing guy or a mixed martial artist faces some Wing Chun dude in a ring, the Wing Chun dude is going to lose. Um, the most famous uh, Wing Chun, let's call it a duel, although it was really more of a jumping, uh, ever was between uh, Amin Bostepe and William Chung. And they both... Uh, neither one of them was hurt after they scrapped on the floor for however many minutes it was. This was this was a famous thing that happened. Um, Bostepe basically jumped Chung from behind. And then, if I remember the fight, it's been a while since I've seen it, they end up on the floor. Chung is protecting his center line. Bostepe is trying to beat him about the head and neck. Um, and he does manage to protect his center, as he's been taught to do. But he keeps slipping across the smooth gym floor, so he can't really get his footing. And eventually, the fight gets broken up, and nobody's hurt. That, to me, is what's significant. Neither one of those guys really managed to hurt the other, uh, which is good from a human being standpoint, but it doesn't say a lot about what it was they were trying to accomplish. Me, I'm a fan of Wing Chun. I've trained in Wing Chun. I like it. Um, it was a good basis for the system I then went on to get my instructor-level rank in. The two went well together. Um, I'm still a fan of Wing Chun to this day. I have a Wing Chun wooden dummy in my basement. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that when a lot of these systems that aren't really prepared for going head-to-head -head with somebody else who means them harm do just that, they don't do well. So I think a lot of people who engage in challenge matches, just like those figures, don't realize that it's not going to go the way you think it's going to go. You're going to get hurt um, if the challenge match happens at all. Uh, you're probably not going to win. Uh, it's just, that's Murphy's Law. You know, if you're all gung-ho to fight somebody, you, yeah, you might get your wish. You might get in that ring and then get humiliated. But more to the point, I think people who engage in challenge matches are displaying kind of a reckless disregard for what it is that we who engage in martial arts and self-defense systems are trying to accomplish. We're trying to protect ourselves from bad people. We're trying to protect ourselves from people who actually mean us real harm in the real world. If you're wasting your time scrapping and arguing with people who are disagreeing with you about other topics, what does it say about you that you can't disagree with someone and back up your points reasonably without lying, without slandering, without uh, saying, I want to fight you? And, and, you know, that the legal term for that is argumentum ad baculum, the appeal to force. Well, we disagree and now I'm going to beat the crap out of you. And if I can beat the crap out of you, that means I win the argument. Well, no, that's a logical fallacy. You didn't win the argument. All you did was beat somebody up. 
So in my rambling way, I guess what I'm saying is I do not approve of challenge matches. I don't like to see them made. Most of the time when they're made, I'm skeptical that they will ever happen. The only challenge match that I was ever really excited for was the Ron Collins challenge match because this guy had spent literally a couple of decades trash-talking everyone, threatening everyone he didn't like, myself included, um, you know, just generally making a nuisance of himself online and telling tall tales about what an awesome fighter he was. So to see him exposed as completely not a, a fighter, someone with no training, I'm not going to lie and say that wasn't satisfying. The problem is that the person he fought, Mike Pesesco, who's who's a hard-to-hurt YouTube channel, uh, I keep seeing cited. It's done very well. He's he's a skilled marketer. But the problem is that Mike Pesesco is an obnoxious jerk. I can't stand the guy. I, when he's... He has a tendency to talk about self-defense weapons and other self-defense topics that he clearly knows nothing about, and all that pontification from ignorance really annoys me. So maybe we'll spend an entire episode talking about that YouTube channel and some of the opinions on there. I'm not sure. But I'm not a fan, and it says something that in a duel between Ron Collins and anyone else, I was actually kind of rooting for Ron by the time that fight happened. Kind of. Not all the way, but... You know, because because Mike is such a jerk to everyone, um, and you know he he does a good job of being aw shucks. I'm I'm just humble, uh, Joe MMA, and and I don't mean nothing to nobody. And and you know he he plays a good game, but deep down he's a deeply arrogant and obnoxious person, uh, and I'm not a fan. But that's neither here nor there. I mean I mean I don't I don't want this podcast to be a platform for these are a, here is a list of the people I don't like. But I think because. Pesesco's videos are viral and a lot of people cite them and I see them shared on social media all the time. I think it's important that we do talk about it. Uh, and and Mike Pesesco could probably challenge me to a fight and he would always win. Like, like you know, basically you who own your own gym are going to fight a desk jockey with bad knees, a heart condition and, and fragile, fragile retinas. Okay, you win. You've proved to the world that you could beat up a guy who is considerably older and and in infirm health. You go, you know. You've 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 proven to the world what an excellent mixed martial artist you are. Um, so I'm willing to just default that. Yes, of course you would win. You win. Tell the world that you beat me. But it doesn't change that your opinions about topics that you know nothing about are still wrong. You know, and, and I don't have any of the specific opinions in front, in front of me right now. I'm going to have to do research if we do that episode. But basically, you know, he's, he's had things to say about literally every weapon there is, and he's not a fan of most of them. Because I think Mike is one of those left-leaning guys who generally thinks that while it's cool that he owns a gun, he doesn't particularly want the general public owning guns or knives or carrying weapons uh, because, you know, that offends his sense of, of control, which is what deep down all these left-leaning martial guys have. Um, and I'm I'm extrapolating. I may not be fair. He may be an NRA member and the most ardent defender of your civil rights ever. I don't know that. But uh, I think what a lot of left-leaning martial artists have working against them is that on the one hand, they want to be exponents of self-defense and um, you know advocate for that. But on the other hand, they really don't want you having access to the tools of self-defense because that offends their sensibilities. That offends their leftist need to control. And one of the ways that leftists exert control is to make sure you don't have amplification tools, force multipliers, that would make it easier for you to basically oppose them or anyone like them. 
I don't want to go too political because this is really a martial arts podcast. If you want to listen to politics, I have a news podcast called Surviving the News. But at the end of the day, when we talk about, and I keep saying that, I'm sorry for the cliches. Um, I just To boil it all down, let's use a different cliche. Um, challenge matches, most of the time, when they happen on the internet, are about people trying to shut down conversation, trying to shut down criticism, most of all. Those challenge matches will almost never happen. When they do happen, unintended consequences will occur. Um, I'm not going to say it isn't exciting when two people finally get together after trash-talking each other. I remember um, one of the seasons of uh, the UFC show, The Ultimate Fighter, uh, Georgia St. Pierre was one of the coaches, and the other coach was... Was it Josh something? Josh Koshek? I've forgotten his name. That might be his name. But uh, uh, Josh, I believe his name was, trash-talked Georgia St. Pierre the entire season. And so I bought the pay-per-view of the fight when those guys finally fought. At least I think I had to buy it. And (laughs) Georgia St. Pierre basically punched him in the same eyeball over and over again for the length of the bout. And then afterwards apologized for not being able to knock him out. And, uh, and Kashak just, he looked like Frankenstein's monster by the time it was done with that one eye just having been punched for like an hour. Uh, it was, it was a, a nightmare for him, but uh, boy, it sure humbled him down some. <laughs> Suddenly all that trash talking went away. So I'm not going to say that's not satisfying, but that's not really a challenge match. That's a prearranged sporting event between people who knew what they were getting into when they did it. But we've all seen people trash talking, people angry. There's nothing like a challenge match that actually comes together between two people who you know genuinely don't like each other. That's when things get exciting. You know, if Ron Collins had fought the guy at that seminar, that would have gotten interesting. But he didn't. Instead, he fought a stranger who may be the one person I actually dislike more. But no, that's not fair. Ron is... uh, Anyway, (laughs) before I say things I probably shouldn't. If you were considering challenging anyone challenging anyone to a fight on the internet. Please don't. You just look silly. And really, when the other way that people fight when they have a disagreement is one person encounters another person somewhere out there, and then they fight, either by surprise or, you know, by sneaking up and jumping them or face-to-face. Those aren't good either. I, I think we have to remember that there's only two ways for human beings to interact. They can interact through reason and conversation, or they can interact through force. The second you take the interaction to the realm of force, you have cut off any other means of interacting. So understand that you've crossed a line. You've crossed into the territory of the use of force. Um, You are opening the door to bad things happening to you. Some of those bad things are jail. Um, Maybe, maybe not, depending on the circumstances. Some of those bad things are injury. I'm surprised there's never been a challenge match where somebody just got killed because people die sometimes when, you know, they hit their head, they get punched just the wrong way. There's that famous book, which I believe is called The Punch, which is about, I think it's a basketball player who punched another player and just killed him. Um, There was a softball game out in Rochester, New York, a few years back where a guy who'd just gotten out of prison, and I'm not sure why he'd gotten out of prison and his first priority was to join a softball team, but he did, and then he got into an argument with another player, walked up behind that guy, punched him in the back of the head, and killed him by doing that with one punch. Um, so I'm surprised we haven't we haven't seen more of that, you know, people 
getting into challenge matches and then somebody actually dying. I, I, I don't want to see that, but I'm surprised it hasn't happened. But then, you know, I used to I used to say there's no way that shows like remember scare tactics where they would make people think they were in danger of being murdered by monsters or, or ruffians, brigands, highwaymen and other antiquated terms for uh, uh, attackers. I always knew those shows were fake because, you know, in any group of, of, of 100 people, there's going to be that one guy who just pulls a knife and goes to town because he thinks his life is in danger. Like, I was amazed that no one ever got killed on that show. So uh, something to think about is that challenge matches, especially among people who don't like each other, there's a very real danger of somebody being hurt. Now, there may or may not be legal consequences from that. I'm inclined to think that in our litigious society, it's more likely than not that there will be legal consequences. And yeah, I'm not going to lie and say there aren't people who I would love to see get the crap beaten out of them in a challenge match because they're jerks. Interestingly, a lot of the people going around making challenges because they feel they are an aggrieved party, most of those people are lucky that the people they're harassing have better morals than they do. Because these people are not the good guys in a lot of cases, and they don't seem to understand it. But that, however, is a topic for another show. I, I can't say it any more clearly than that. If you are tempted to challenge somebody to a fight because the two of you disagreed online, please don't. All right, until next time, I have been Phil Elmore. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast. Pretend that I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash philelmore.